What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of What's Your ETA? I'm your co-host, Megan Hester. And I'm your co-host, Vivian Summers. We're here to take you behind the scenes of the hair and makeup industry. This program is comprised solely of the participants' recollections, stories, and information, as told to host and by host during recorded conversation. Any information disclosed about individuals related to the participants, but not a part of this program, is a retelling of the participants' memory. Today we have a fantastic gentleman that I'm super excited about. We can call him the makeup bitch. Yeah, we're calling him the makeup bitch, Kevin James. Hello. I love that you came on finally. Yes, thank you so much, Kevin. Well, I mean, it's like... Megan, we've known each other for a while now. Mm-hmm. And it's we've weird because I'm going through old files of images, you know, moving stuff to a different cloud system. And he came across a picture of us from Miran. 13 years ago. Yeah, the fashion show. No, no, actually it was at the um, the uh, Royal Langnickel um, Revolution brush launch, those brushes I designed back then. And as oh you and God, I said, we, we looked stunning. We were both in black, gray, and silver. We looked amazing. I will find the picture and send it to you. (laughs) I would love that. I love you, Kevin. I just want everyone to know who this man is because he literally has been in this industry for such a long time. I mean, like... Four decades. Oh, my God. So you did your first makeup uh, on set when you were nine. I started doing makeup regularly when I was 25, which means I'm now 65. Yes, I just turned 65. Well, you look amazing. Happy birthday. Oh my God. Whatever whatever you're doing, it's working and I want to know every single thing because I need it. I just turned 60. We want the doctors. Um, I just wanted to talk like you are an Emmy Award winner. Yep. You have two Emmys um, from, what is it? The world, as the world turns? I got, um, I got nominated uh, for daytime mostly. I headed the department of two network subs for nine years. That's so, um, so we got nominated four times. I got nominated once for Another World and three times for As the World Turns. And yeah, congratulations! Oh That's huge. This is my office wall. So the girl, the girls are on either side of me. Those are back there. So when when I get on a call with a new client or someone that I need to like shut up when they're You're questioning like, my when they're questioning my credibility, <laughs> like yeah, look behind me, bitch. <laughs> Oh, good. I was just gonna. How, what, what's our rating here? Can I? Because I curse like you a sailor. Go for it. You can do whatever okay. you want. Yes. Okay. I swear like a sailor. I'm an Australian, so um, go for it. But I never would have noticed. Couldn't even sense the no, accent. Me neither. He's being so facetious. I love you. It's all right. I'm Australian. I can take it. <laughs> I love Australia. I've been there many, many times. Oh. And I do love it. Because you're mega, mega famous in Australia. Let me tell you, every every one of my friends is freaking out that we're interviewing mega, you Mega, mega famous here. I know. But you're the more, you're more famous in Australia. <laughs> well, I first started going there for IMATS and then I kind of branched out and I picked up some gigs and I picked up some education Great. stuff. And, you know, then I've, I've done education now in Sydney, uh, the Gold Coast, and um, 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 where else did I do? Melbourne. Well, next time you That's go back, you let me know because I used to teach their special effects and would love to get you on the stage talking about just anything. Literally, just stand there and be the makeup bitch and everyone, every single makeup artist and every single student will turn up. Well, Scotty used to drag 
And then the people from Gorgeous Cosmetics dragged me there another time. I love that. And you got on that plane for 15 hours. You did that for us. I have done, I have done that trip so many times, and it's not 15 for me. I live in New York. So you it's do the whole cool. shebang. Oh, oh, my God. I leave New York on, let's say I have to work a trade show like when we used to do IMAX. I would leave New York early Wednesday evening and arrive in Sydney on Friday morning. Oh, my. I know how much That's that hurts. I just got back last week. <laughs> Oh my God. Why weren't you at the IMATS last weekend? Hold on. I need to ask this because I was there in LA and I was like, where's Kevin? Like, I know it's a small I don't, IMATS. I don't want to answer this because I know that Michael was your guest and I don't want to piss anybody off by saying I things. I knew but- it. I knew it, Kevin. I So I mentioned you. He's yeah. burned a couple of bridges, okay? Let's say okay. it that way. Okay, okay, okay. I honestly, Kevin, I was like, I said your name and I saw his face. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you mentioned oh, that to me yesterday, Megan. You were like, how come he wasn't at IMAX? You know yeah. what? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to delve into this. I'm just going to say you need to treat everyone with respect, not just the people you want something from. Amen. I hear you. Yeah. Happens on set. It happens everywhere. Yep. That's it. It's like treat me the same way when you don't want something as when you do want something. That's all that I ask. Reap what what you sow. I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want Viv to, I want us to go into like brand consulting. Like what, what exactly are you doing right now? Is that, that, that's where we're at. We're doing industry expert stuff, brand consulting. Well, the weird thing is um, I spent so many years traveling, so many hours on planes, so many hours in hotel rooms. Um, I had already started doing product development. I was invited to do product development back 24, 25 years ago. Um, Jane Iredale had invited me and we won an Emmy that year. And it was for a prohibition, you know, Roaring Twenties masquerade ball that we filmed for two days, 16 hours the first day, 14 hours the second the second. And we all know that that period makeup is very pale, very matte. Red, red lips, dark, smoky eyes. The makeup stayed pristine. So she asked, she said, would you mind if, um, you know, if I use this for advertising in spas and salons and everything? You might have had those placards at one point that said Emmy winning makeup. Um, She did that without asking me. But um, later that year, she said to me, she says, you know so much about ingredients. You know so much about that. I said, I have to. I said, when you put it people's faces you have to know what it's made of yeah. especially when you're working in television and film because it's talent yeah. shooting because you screwed their skin up and they had a reaction so you have yep. to know these things so i educated myself once i started getting into it i started educating myself deeper on you know ingredients formulations componentry packaging graphic design copywriting so i spent the next 10 to 15 years Teaching myself, I know the entire Adobe Creative Suite. You need to, you need to cut Jess on it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I literally, when a client says to me, says, "What do you think the packaging should look like?" I say, "Send me the dye line," and I send it back to them. Oh, and they're like, God. "Oh, can we use this?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. It's done. You're paying me. As long as you're paying me my rate, I'm good." Wow. My toolbox has become very deep. I, I have competencies in. Brand development, marketing, sales promotion, uh, social media integration, copywriting. I can do all these things for you. You know, and I started and back, back in the day, back all the way in the 80s, I was working for Chanel as their national special events coordinator. So I was coordinating all of them back in 88. 
Chanel was the shit. Oh my god, I was How just. Can I, I'm going to jump in for a second, yeah. Kevin. I was just thinking this morning, back when I started, thirty five years ago myself. It was Chanel was like, that's what you saved up to put in your kit. That was like the bomb. And I still, it's still my bomb. I still love it. I still think they're a good eyeshadow. It was kind of, you know, for me, we started with the RCMA, the Kryolan. That was like what we were taught with traditionally. I don't know about your schools here, but that was what. Kevin put his hands on. (laughs) You know, but to me, I just absolutely loved Chanel. If I could get Chanel in my kit, I was doing great. Every job I did, I saved up for more Chanel. Back then, we didn't have cell phones. Nope. We didn't have computers. Nope. I was in charge of educating all the freelance makeup artists, booking them and paying them. So I had a really good idea besides being a makeup artist of how the business ran on the inside. And I worked and I started my career in retail. So that's a whole nother spectrum of, of work where people are sitting in your chair and you don't have a choice about what their skin looks like, what their age is, what their color is, what their anything is, you know, how old they are. It's like you have to make that. And what makes it even more, I think, poignant is the fact that people are sitting in your chair for a very specific reason, self-esteem. They want to feel better about themselves. They want to look better. It's not about creating a doctor. It's not about doing a bride. It's about somebody took the time in a department store back then, not a Sephora, a department store, and sat down in a chair where people could see them take their makeup off and have it put back on again. That takes a lot of courage. It yeah. does. You know, it's because they were unhappy with something about themselves. But you want to know something? Back then, one of the one of the hottest looks, everybody wanted that Pamela Anderson look. Yeah. Yes. We all did that basic modified Brigitte Bardot cat eye glam on Everyone, everybody Everyone. wanted that look. Yeah, I did a lot of that, especially on myself. It's here again now. If you look around, that's what the look is right now. Yeah. It is. That's it's why a, I love that look. It's a very natural, sort of like contoured with bronzer kind of eye, with that little flick and a nudie yeah. lip. It's like it's all coming back again. To me, that's a classic. Sort of Miley kind of did that too with the her look with the lion hair that she had at the Grammys. <laughs> I kind of, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have started watching Feud, Truman Capote versus the Swans yet. No, no. Her hair looked like her hair looked like a mullet version of Demi Moore's hair doing the show, because oh Demi's got the same pushback. Yeah. But Miley had all the the mullets of the, the Cyrus that, mullet. Oh my God! You've just <laughs> given it a new name. That's going to go viral. This. <laughs> I know, but I wasn't loving that oh look. God. I'm sorry, guys. I was not but loving it. I was the like, dress was stunning. The make her makeup the dress was, was stunning. beautiful. The hair it was kind of thrown off by. Her makeup was, like, was beautiful. I mean, it was it was all good. There were some hits and misses at the Grammys. Yeah, you know, there were a lot of hits and misses. The Golden Globes. The Golden Globes had a lot of hits and misses too. Yeah, yeah. I like. I, I like, feel like Kevin. I feel like Kevin. You wish you would be so amazing to be like on a talk show like E or something like that, where you're like going so through. Much Trouble. That people don't want That's people. That's why you would be amazing, Kevin. No, it would not work in this climate because okay. as soon as you say something negative, people call you a hater and say you're being mean. Yeah, because there's oh, we're gonna go into that in a few minutes. trolls out there. Judgment is not a bad thing. We are here to judge things. Do we like it? Do we judgment not like it? it? Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. our life is all choices. Yeah. 
So the thing is, they say, oh, you're so judgmental. It's like, yeah, you are too. You make judgments every day about your life. So shut you're the just fuck vocal up. about that. Yeah. But also, Kevin, don't yeah. you think, just for a second, like I'm 60, I've been around for a while, done a lot, seen a lot, not done a lot, missed a lot, like life is life. And you get to a point, well, I feel when I looked at some of your stuff you're researching you is I think you're just at the no bullshit stage of your life where it's like, you know, I've seen it, I've done it. I'm going to call this shit out. It's bullshit because it's about getting real. No, 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 no. I've kind of been doing that for a couple of decades now. Well, maybe you just—well, maybe it took me a bit longer, but it's—it's kind of like so necessary and it's so needed because there's so much bullshit out there that it's like to have someone to actually say it as it is is quite refreshing. You know what it? You know what it is, Kevin. I think what happened: social media caught up to Kevin. <laughs> like Kevin has, you have always been this person. And I said to Viv, I said, Kevin's like the Joan of Arc. He comes in and he does what he needs to do. And he yeah. knows how to like, un- he, like you understand, like, Hey, you guys like, influ- we're going to go into the influencers. because we this, That's a huge topic that, that you wrestled with, but you really know your products, you know, your formulas, you know, you know, the industry, you you've been in it for four decades. So for me, it's like, I would want to learn from you. I would want to see more from you, like, and understand it because I think, you know, this industry. Well, because you're at an age where you appreciate it. We have people at a different age that call me grandpa and say, oh, you're just not relevant. It's like, actually, I educate myself every day. I read the trades you're every morning. Relevant. Yeah. You are but they but they the ageism is very real. It's oh well I experience yeah. it all the time. I had somebody tell me on set uh, a couple of years ago, look, don't you think it's time to retire? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm learning every single day. Every single day I do a person's face is a new beginning for me. I can get it right, I can get it wrong. I can screw it up, I can fuck it up, I can make it great. In the reunion, it's not like that because, I mean, freaking Colleen Callahan was still doing hair at 90. We were waiting for the stop. So (laughs) screw them because she was doing hair at 90. I love that. Yeah. Hallelujah, man. in the unions that are like, yeah, yeah, they're not leaving. I I mean, I have no room to talk because I'm not a youngster, but, I mean, we have dinosaurs in this union. Good. Well, we as did. long as they're still uh-huh. doing their job and they're learning and growing. New kids coming up because they don't have the test anymore because yeah. I had to do a show portfolio. Um, I mean, it's interesting because there's – we're not passing anything along. And they're coming in and saying, well, this is the way we do things now. It's like, well, who told you how to do what you're doing? I learned it on TikTok. I learned it on YouTube. I, I YouTube. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you know what? There is – a level of technique there is a level like when i joined the union i had to wait two years before they invited me to be a journeyman because they wanted to make sure that i knew how to do everything before they gave now me that time. do a job and you're a journeyman yeah no, the thing is you you could hire me to go in and you say okay i need help working on these prosthetics or i need help on the backgrounds or i need help with this yeah. or i need help i am literally a jack of all trades and that's, but I had to prove back then that I deserved that title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we have all these delineations. It's like TV only, this only, that, this, this. It's like, why are we making excuses for people? You should be well rounded to work yes. in the union. I 
would like everyone to hear what he just said because I say this about hair and makeup. Everyone needs to be well-rounded. I'm not asking that you do prosthetic work. That's no. a whole science. I mean, I, don't I love don't say it. that you do effects. But I love it. <laughs> I love learning it because I'm not afraid of that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not worried about it. It's like, you know, and the, but the thing is, it's also an added learning curve because you have to understand chemicals and reactions and you're yes. mixing and blending things. And I mean, I was using platinum silicone back in the 90s. I was doing special effects and scars and things With and everything. With silicone back and then? People, yeah, we, they had it. Oh, wow. That's good. The only place you could get it back then in the United States was from Alcon. Vinny had Vinny was Alcon. Then he was bringing it in and he had the AB and he had to mix it. Oh my them. God. And, course, yep. and if you get one little bit and it mixes it, you're screwed. It doesn't set. Yeah, yeah done. it doesn't you're done. But I mean, it, so we were back then we were trying all that stuff. Absolutely. It's like, you know, when I was working on one of my soaps, they wrote, when they found out I knew how to do prosthetics, they wrote in a story arc that had an actor in 70, his face was covered with 70% prosthetics for six and a half months. We did that makeup on actually Louis Zakarian used to blow I my phone. Louis. Used to blow the phone at 30 Rock and then have it delivered to the NBC studio in Brooklyn to me. Oh my god, that is so crazy. We, we, we could we could that building, we couldn't put an oven, we couldn't put all that stuff in there because it was a fire hazard. Yeah, it is a know? fire hazard. So they used so, to make so it and send it to you. I designed Louis and I both did the uh, what do you call it? The life the life yeah. cast. I did the sculpt. He did the finish. He blew the he blew the latex and sent it out to Brooklyn. Wow, that's amazing! I would get a half a dozen of each of the two pieces that went on the face every week, and me and my third John used to spend about three hours at a sitting putting these on the actor. Oh my god! So three days a week while the story arc happened, but it was like, but that was in daytime. We don't see that shit in daytime. That's unheard of. No, I don't. And no one even like puts prosthetics into daytime, which is insane. So the fact that they did that for you. (laughs) And considering the thing is, when you consider how easy it is now with silicone pieces to be able to incorporate really realistic looking special effects. Especially the attic pieces. And how many of those pieces, like it's literally pre-molded for you. I know. You don't literally have to fit to facial features. There's no reason why you shouldn't use them. It's quick. It's fast. There's no lines. There's no join lines. It's easier to remove even though, you know, and that's one thing I just want to talk about when you say that the whole thing that you've got to learn with special effects is the biggest part is removal. And when, you know, I was even doing some teaching last year and the kids don't want to take the time to remove it. It's like that's one of the most important aspects of it. It's everything's got to be done fast. It's the fast food of makeup. When you've got an actor that's wearing this amount of prosthetics for that many hours a day, three days a week, and then he has to look like the other character he is without the prosthetics within the same week, days, whatever, You've got to be doing this stuff carefully and gently and make sure that the the skin is not compromised. Exactly. I bet you didn't think the conversation was going to go this way. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I love it. We are going to go into whatever. And I keep taking it left of field. I'm going to shut up for a minute. I'm going to shut up. You got to stop. I know, I know you know why I want you here, Gavin, because I want to talk about all of this stuff. You got Kendall Jenner, you got Selena Gomez, you got like you ruffle them. The Kendall Jenner shit would not have happened if she was not, she dropped into my comments. She created the problem. Oh, Kendall. 
I that went viral because she dropped into my comments on that post, was aggressive with me, and I refused to back down. And because I did not back down, that's why it went global. And I Ray Morris in Australia, she she texted me on WhatsApp and she's like, What did you do? <laughs> Kevin, I was like dying when I saw that. And then and then she trolled and then she because she wasn't getting anywhere with me and I was not, you know, knuckling under. I got to be honest with you. When I watched the Kardashians and saw her with, before I even knew that you wrote all that and I saw that episode where her hair was out in the lab, I thought the same thing. I said, where are her gloves? Where are her goggles? Where is the thing? And then when you posted that, I was like. Well, when I posted it, when they were probably filming that and I had mentioned in one of the posts, I said, I bet you they're going to use this in the next season. That's why they're doing this. If she was like, if she said, what I said to Viv yesterday was like, maybe if she said to you, like, you know, it's for TV. They wanted me to not have that stuff on. We're not using this. And maybe said that I to totally you. Agree. The thing is, when she, was in, when she was in the actual lab. Yes, she should have had stuff on. No, 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 no. There you can. Actually, because the thing is, because there are lots of people walk in and out of there and whatnot. The lab is not where you're compounding the actual products. The okay. lab is going to be tinkering and fixing. You can do a photo op in a lab. It's not suggested that you do it without, you know, protection, right. without sanitation. But the thing is, when she was in there looking over shoulders with little bottles around her, that was fine. When she was on the emulsification platform. And the hair was like this. That emulsification tank holds a minimum of 50 to 60 liters of finished product. And the product was already, it was still out of powder. That's six or 7,000 bottles of foundation. And she was hanging over with her stringy extensions, yeah, no mask on. Yep. And, and the thing is, and I didn't, not only did I call her out, I called out the manufacturer. I said, who allowed this to happen? Having her in the back is one thing, but having her on the actual production floor where the EU commission can come in and lock them up, lock them down for sanitation violation. Like, what is are you thinking? Why, is that why you think she got upset? Like, were, did you cause a ruckus well, with all tried, of that? She tried, well, the stupid thing was she's walking around wearing um, a Reggie lab coat. So I know the manufacturer. I've worked with the manufacturer. I know them. And then they were like, no, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. And one of the kids from Reggie that works there said, yeah, she was here. So they ratted her out. They said she was here? Because didn't she say she was in her own lab? said, I was there and I saw her. <laughs> okay. Anyone, did she try to sue you or did anything come from that or there was nothing she there was nothing that came from that no she actually stopped because at one point she said she was getting nowhere and she said like if i remember correctly she says now i regret now i regret naming my dog kevin <laughs> so i was like okay so now you're not just lying now you're trolling me and then she stopped responding because oh everybody was like, oh, he called her a troll. They all oh, went no. nuts. They went nuts. Now, what happened with Selena Gomez? What did, happen, what did you do to I Selena? I love Selena. Selena. What did you do to her? <laughs> no, the thing that happened was people were screaming and saying, well, why are you being so rough on Selena? I said, Selena knows better. I said, but Selena was not out on the production floor. And she should have known better because if you look at her video, when she spilled something, this chemist leaned in with full PPE on. I mean, mask, everything to mop her up. I was like, so obviously 
we understand and she understands, but she was in the lab and one of the labs there. Because most manufacturers have a number of different lab rooms. I've like been to Murons. I've seen yeah, yeah who's, I've seen liquid, who's doing liquid compounding, who's doing powder, not I mean not compounding. Yeah. Who's doing who's doing um, you know, formulation, whatever. Like when I go to a manufacturer now, like I'll be sitting in whichever shading room or whatever, often they'll bring the stuff into me and they'll say, okay, well, blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, okay, this needs to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. This needs like foundations. Like we need to add whatever percentage of, you know, red to this. We need to pull back the yellow. We need to, and they go back and do it. There are a couple of manufacturers I work with that actually allow me into the lab, you know, because I understand the protocol, the actual percentages, the protocols, the percentages, whatever. So to get it done even faster, I'll be you like, as the science, well, I mean, let's say, we, let's say we, not to get in deep, let's say we're creating a foundation. I have yes. already found out from the manufacturer what percentage I can add to this without breaking the formula. So if let's say I have a 15% margin to add more pigments to change the shade, correct? So let's say I say I'm looking at the color and I know, I know how they've graded it. And I say, okay, we need to add 2% yellow, 1% red, and 2% white. Now they go back and they then make this adjustment in the lab and they bring it back to my shading room. Yeah. That takes a minute. Other times there are manufacturers. I've got the bonnet on. I've got the goggles. I've got the, the gloves. i got the coat. i got the whole thing. And as they're mixing what I'm asking them to mix, I'm looking at the color coming up and I'm going, okay, we need to pull that back. And it just oh, works much so faster cool. that way. Okay. Because they don't have to go up and down and then it's like, well, what do you think of this? And it's like, it's like oh, I'm looking and it's like, no, 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 that was wrong. We need to add a, we need to add a percent of black to that. We need to, yeah, you know, and that's how we get that done faster. But I had to teach myself that. But this is something that I want to say to every makeup artist. You need to learn what other people do. Yes. When I was working in photography, when I was working in print, doing commercial work, whatever, I was never a fashion boy because that didn't interest me and it didn't pay. I loved commercial work. Yeah. Catalogs, all me that too. other crap, that paid money. But yeah. if I had to go in and do a lookbook or something, I mean, I took a course at the new school in photographic lighting so I could discuss lighting, lighting with, with yes, the photographer. talk about that? I didn't want to tell. I don't want to tell them how to do their job. But the thing is, I want to speak in their language. Yeah. I want them to yes. understand that I know what they're doing, yeah. and how they can help me and them make the image look and better. How you can help them? It becomes like a nice relationship where you can, hey, listen, there's shade right here. Like I can go in and put a little highlight, but it would be better if you punched it. I totally understand. You what also you're know how to do the makeup better when you understand how they're lighting it. You can, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you I learn mean, more. Even to the point of knowing what camera they're using digitally. I mean, some cameras yeah. shoot warmer, some cameras natively shoot cooler. Like Canon shoots cooler. Yeah. You know, Nikon shoot warmer and they're, and they're native sets. Yeah. So it's like knowing that, like looking what what is what is the photographer using? Using a Nikon. Are you adjusting the color temperature? No. Okay, so you're going to shoot warm. So you're going to be at about 46 or 4,700. So as opposed to Nikon which shoots at about 53 or 54. That's a huge so, difference. See, I have a black hole up here. <laughs> it's a black she's like, hole. She's like, I just study stuff all the time. But that's what makes you so brilliant yeah. with all of this stuff because you the reason why well, you, you can capture 
that's why you can go after people is because you but have I, knowledge. I do think it makes life easier to know the facts. Well, you come yes, from an informed absolutely. place and, you know, everything's so fast and quick these days and, you know, like you were saying before, I come from the landline days and, you know, where you actually had to have a conversation with somebody and you actually did have to talk to your other crew members and 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 traditional makeup college was traditional makeup college. It was a year-long school and then you did special effects. It's also different now and so many people that have trained themselves, you know. You have to have actual hard portfolio. Hard portfolio. We did. Megan and I both had the hard portfolio. I still have my own stairs. Yeah. Magazine pages, yeah. going to the library. We could not Hershey. research. We couldn't research period stuff online. We didn't have online. Oh, we had to go to the library. You had to go to the library, watch a movie, watch a film. That's a, That yeah. was research, yeah. It's much easier for um, everyone nowadays to, like, get into this industry and to say that they're well-versed when they're not. You know what I mean? So, so that, now I'm going to say, say something very controversial. Okay. Um, do you not find it interesting that we have a generation that has access to every last bit of information at their fingertips they and they are it. lazy as fuck and won't research? And they don't use it! Yes. My theory is it's a short attention span. A short attention span. Well, no, it's true. Because that's true. No, that's been that's been. That's been validated medically. Yes, it is. That's true. And then, and also entitlement. Like, you know what? If it's too hard work, you know what? It's like I was teaching last year and I told a girl to take the foundation off and start again. And she's like, I've only got 20 minutes left because you only gave me 40 minutes to do it. And I said, well, then take it off and do it again and do it faster. And she said, no, I'm not, I'm not taking it off. I said, foundation's wrong. It's not, it's not working. Yeah. So it's like, that that whole thing flipped her out. She walked out of the walked out of the class. Next minute, it was a big meeting, and I got into trouble by the heads of the school and blah blah. And I was rude and this and that. And I said I asked her to take the foundation off because I want her to learn. And that's to me was an attention span. Right didn't want to put the effort in. Didn't yeah. want to put the work in. Didn't want to learn about it. You know, it's like. That's what I see that you're trying to do a little bit, Kevin. Is is get these people to understand. The, the breadth of knowledge, knowledge and of the everything. depth of understanding. My big thing is when I'm doing an in-person hands-on class, the first thing I do is I start the class by saying, number one, nobody is here to impress the teacher. I want you to fuck up. Yeah. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. That's because the best part of what you messed up. So I can explain to you why you messed up and how to fix it. So that next time you won't make the same mistake. Yeah. If you're afraid, you're like, oh, I don't want to, oh, uh, and I come over and I look and I'm like, mm, and like well, you know, I, I don't want to hear excuses. I told you, don't be afraid to make mistakes. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to educate you. I'm here to make yeah. you better. Yeah. My career was built on failure. Okay. It was, yeah, I agree with that statement. And when people hear that, it's like, well, why would you say something like that? It's like, Chris, it's because true. it makes you better. Yeah, I was never afraid. Yeah. I mean, not that I was never afraid to fail. Nobody likes to fail. But the thing is, it never, it never paralyzed me where I couldn't move forward. It's like, okay, I screwed that up. How do I fix it? And this is what I try to teach artists when I teach them. It's like, okay, I want you to develop a whole thought process. And when something goes wrong, you've got the information back here where you can click, click, click. Well, this could have been it. This could have, No, it was that. Okay, fix that. This is what comes from making mistakes and experience. 
knowing how to fix something quickly and efficiently. You don't learn it overnight, but you can learn yeah. it. And you can't learn it if you don't make mistakes. So that is like yeah. the whole thing. If you coast through and you get a participation trophy just for doing meh, no. And the people I work with, and it's very funny because we had this conversation just this weekend. I was out with some friends that work in the industry here in New York that are in the union. And we were out to brunch and I said, you know what? I said, isn't it interesting that we work with some department heads that are very clear about not hiring people as good as them? Which is crazy. Which they're afraid. I always hired people that were as good as better than me. Because because production doesn't really care about who they care. They care about is the department doing their job. And is it done in a timely fashion and accurate? That's what we want. If you keep on promoting people that are not really great, like There are people now, I mean, I'm going to go back now to, let's say we were talking about makeup for the Grammys, for the Golden Globes. I watch the makeup, especially the Golden Globes, because that's more actors. I saw red carpet makeup and I was like, those people should never touch a makeup brush again. Whoever did that makeup should not be allowed to touch. Because they don't know light. They don't know red carpet light. And the fact that flash photography are like the products that are used. The thing that I find very Interesting that that um, Hollywood and New York society or production is not whatever. I don't know what to call it. Celebrity culture has not figured out. The people who work in TV and film are used to doing beautiful makeup that can stand up for 12 hours. That's the makeup you need on the red carpet. Yeah. Yes. You don't need a print. You don't need a print makeup artist to do your makeup for the red carpet because by the time you get to the red carpet, it has been hours. Yep, and and they're Mothers. melted. Are there? Yeah, I agree. Photographer, when you only understand photography and print and runway models and all that other crap, it's a different game. And when you're on a photo shoot, you are two feet out of camera range and can jump in and adjust. Okay, so I literally just worked on a film, and the lead actress, and I'm not going to say who it is, but well-known actress, brought on her team that. Uh, from print and it was their first time hair and makeup working in film working on a film and our department is separate and that makeup was not was not right for it didn't last it didn't make it we were doing 12 hour days um multiple scenes multiple having to live in a the same makeup she had the same makeup verbatim and it it just didn't work it was not a print job and they and you could see that the this team was scratching and scraping they're coming to us saying like you know and we're we're just like here you're just going to have to use a stronger fixer spray or you know your primer a stronger primer or whatever because you're right that that I just experienced that and please understand, I am not no discredited. No, because they're brilliant because artists. There are, there are editorial artists that I am in awe yep. of that uh, I would never yeah. be able to do what they do. But the thing is, that's a different medium, and that's their wheelhouse. That is. Doing red carpet should not be part of that wheelhouse because they are not trained to do long-lasting makeup. They're the, they're the ones that get hired for that. I mean, and this is this is where I, I also have, like, I get so angry about people not giving bridal 
makeup artists the respect they deserve. Oh my god. They do makeup that lasts through yes. a ceremony and tears and dancing and, 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 and photos and hair and the good ones make sure that these people look good from the start of the day to the end of the day, day and they're not even there to touch them up. Yeah. It's like, okay, nope. you know what? Hire somebody hire somebody to do your red carpet or your press makeup that has done bridal. Yeah. Successfully. I love this. You're right. No, you're right on about all of us. What about Alex Gillis, who we interviewed, Megan? She's like the queen yeah, of br- bridal in New York. And she is brilliant with print. And she's also like she's she really is the queen. She's well versed. Alex is very well versed. She's wonderful at mm-hmm. what she does. Um, but I want to talk about what happened with Pretty Pastel. What is that? What happened with that? With the money, eighty five thousand. Like we're talking. Oh, what is- okay, um, I was working for a client, and this is back. I think it's twenty seventeen. Yeah, and I was actually brand developing for the client, which okay. means I was in the back. I was I was basically a creative directive, a creative director on the fly. I was I was a freelance creative director for the brand. And they wanted me to reach out to a few influencers because back then influencers used to get paid for their videos or their Instagram posts or whatever. And this one very important influencer. May I ask you, Kevin, how did that rate come about? Because those rates, can you, those rates are insane for. When you look at conversion and figuring out if somebody would, if a company would have had to do television or print ads, it would cost them millions of dollars. Yeah. Okay, so that fashion book, to be in all the beauty books, to be, you know, to be in the in-styles, to be in the allures, to be in all the, it would cost them hundreds, millions of dollars. They can get away and get a dedicated Instagram post for 75,000 or 100,000 from somebody that has 8 million followers. It's much more cost effective. That's insane. When I saw those numbers, I was like, what? But the thing that I found very interesting and I could not, I got sent the rate sheet and then I got a message saying that the management for this person wanted to contact me and they said, they got me on the phone and they told me, and by the way, if you want such and such to do a comparison to another similar brand, see, this is what I'm talking about. Look at this. This You got a ghost in your computer. You can't can't wave your fingers in front of the camera. Um, If you want them to do a comparison, which means that they will take your product against your competitor and find your product better, that's $85,000. In other words, you were telling me I could pay their influencer to drag the competitor's product against theirs and then all these social influencers including james charles lost their crap yeah. and said that's not true that's not true pretty pastel please in australia yeah. um, she's in marketing she says i write these briefs she says i know oh. this she says i know this happens when you say that he's lying he's telling the truth and she did two videos about it and called them okay. all out and i was like go girl James Charles, you really like went to town on that that man. <laughs> no, only really oh, his, his eyebrows. <laughs> he did have un- unusual eyebrows. 
the thing is, I mean, I don't care what he, I, I don't care what ever other thing he is besides being a manipulator and a liar and some other things. He's a predator yeah. and he should not be online. Oh, wow. He's a predator. He should not be online. He should not have an audience of tweens and teenagers. He preys on underage boys. And, and he admitted it. Right? straight boys. He admitted it in a video and then took the video down. I don't understand why he was not arrested. Yeah. And then somebody told me, well, the parents of the underage kid have to press charges and his lawyers probably like scared the crap okay. out of them. Or they, they paid or, him or off whatever. or something. But I'm just saying, but the thing is, he admitted to two. He called them his victims. Come on. Are you kidding me? I didn't even know. Now, now I'm on, oh, I'm like. The video, the video yeah. is still out there. Copy that the video is still out there. He called, he apologized to his two victims. So I'm just saying, just that alone is like, babe, no. Yeah. No, you're not, you should not have a platform. You should be deplatformed for that. That is not Why okay. Why isn't he canceled? He's still up. He I don't understand how he's not. Because he makes money for people. Ugh. Got it. Yeah. So our industry just is money hungry as usual. Our um, industry, Jack our country, our everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want to also talk about Jacqueline Hill. That's the most recent debacle of stuff. Well, didn't she close down right? her whole company, but she still got one brand or something? No, her debacle, not your debacle, her debacle. Yeah. <laughs> it was never yeah, her company. It was always owned by Forma. She stole a product from Oh, no, that was cozy. Was oh, that was cozy. Oh, that's, that's another yeah. one. Oh, no, she. Jesus. Megan. <laughs> there is a list about this long of her actions over the past 10 years. Yeah. So we can't even start. She is, she has damaged or destroyed a minimum of three to four other companies. Yeah. Minimum. She has no. destroyed people. Yeah. Oh my God. Morphe's not around Morphe. anymore. She is the one who took Morphe down. Morphe's gone. In bankruptcy. Morphe's gone. No, I know, but she's the one who took it away. That's insanity. I mean, it's the, she's she's had her fingers in screwing up so much crap. Yeah. And the thing is, she always she always plays the victim. She always plays the victim. It's like, would you just be accountable? The whole hairy, disgusting lipsticks, they are not contaminated. It's like, you want to know oh my something? God, that's disgusting. According to the FDA... If there is anything in that lipstick that is not on the ingredient list, it is contaminated. So don't yes. try and give me words. And I know exactly where they were manufactured. I know the, exactly the conditions that it happened under. And I know for a fact that that is the truth. That's so disgusting. it's like, it's, it's sort of like you can lie to, you could lie to people that want to be lied to, but don't do it in front of me when I have the facts. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty tears. It's more for me. It's more of a consumer advocate standpoint okay. no you're the john of because i need to protect the people i and i say i need to it's like i feel the responsibility to, to protect the consumers because i'm i've been in this industry so long yeah. and i know it's shady and i know like i just called out kim kardashian on her new launch it's bullshit that a 50 dollars cardboard eyeshadow palette um 32 dollars in in the most basic i mean her 50 shades, pencils of, 50 shades of beige i love that that's exactly what I said. Um, her her no, new lip they, liners, which are supposedly the same as her old lip liners. And it's like, how much money do you need, lady? Now they're $22. $22 for a lip liner. How much were they before? How much? 12 So they've got, they've, gosh. They doubled. 
I think she raised the price to 83% 84%, 84%. And I'm like, it's, it's the same pencils. Has she responded at all? Do you know? Or well, is that, from what no. we understand, nothing, like only a couple of items sold out at the launch. And they were probably expecting me to shut the internet down, but it didn't. So. No, absolutely so I'm, not. I'm going to ride on them. But it's like, you know, and the other thing was, it's, it looks so, I understand her aesthetic is very minimal. Very, but as you, you call it, can't gray, do it for makeup artists. We no, won't gray use it. I get it, but the yeah. thing is, when you're a billionaire, you have the money to make the most luxurious formulations. You have the money to make the most interesting, provocative. Like you could do yeah. minimalism, and it could be art. Yeah, she yeah. did the very least, and the prices are ridiculous. That's bonkers. short attention span. And as a consumer advocate, I'm like, you know what, guys, you're buying it because it's got her name on it. When there are only brands out there that are fighting to survive that are making products that are 10 times better, but they can't get their leg, they can't get their foot in the damn door because they're not a Kardashian. Kardashian. Yep, absolutely. I feel like they've been just flooding our industry with crap. (laughs) like with their lip kits and this and that. Every celebrity celebrity saw a way to make a quick dollar and they threw their name on stuff and people assume it's like, well, they got their name on it. It must be good. It's like, no, they're actually doing a cash grab. Yeah. I mean, the whole Brad Pitt thing with the, with the leftover um, stuff from his, his, uh, what do you call it? His rosé manufacturing. He was making this very that was like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for one moisturizer. I'm like, from Brad Pitt? Kind of no. like La Mer. What do you think of La Mer $700 cream? <laughs> La Mer was something to be coveted before Estee Lauder bought the company. Got it. But Estee Lauder bought the company. And it used to be very high shelf. It used to be amazing until yeah. they bought it. Like, But Estee Lauder, they just announced yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before, they're laying off like 3,000 people. Oh, wow. um, the brands are not doing well. What they do is they buy these brands and then they put them through this cookie cutter yeah. marketing bullshit. What's his name? Dempsey was in charge of Estee Lauder until he pushed him out, right? Yeah. But I mean, the yeah. thing is, they don't, they don't respect a brand's DNA, yeah. what made the brand yeah. special. Um, there was just an article I saw that they posted about, um, what do you call it? Um, not Max Factor, but it's his grandkids that started Smashbox oh, yeah. Studios. Okay. But the thing is... I'm kind of curious as to why they're focusing on this and talking about him creating the makeup line when Water bought the line and Water has pretty much destroyed the line. Wow. Smashbox Cosmetics is a ghost of what it used to be. Yeah, Matt Cosmetics definitely. is a ghost of what it used to be. Yeah. Too Faced is, I mean. Those brands like Mac, when we first started using Mac, it was like, it was such a great brand. It really was. I mean, it filled up our kits. It was addressing addressing our needs as professionals, which was great. Yes, it was. But it also rode that beautiful thin line of being pro and consumer, what I call prosumer. Yes, oh, wow. It appealed to consumers. I love that. It appealed to consumers. It appealed to pros. It was accessible. It was coveted it was the first really very stark utilitarian looking makeup the formulations were different than what we had seen the lipsticks were beautiful i mean it was like there was so much stuff about it that was so good and now it's all being filtered down to whatever's cheaper yeah when you you see the same product repackaged running through i feel like 
Bobby Brown, Too Faced, every brand that water owns, what they do is they then take something and they filter it through. Well, it's kind of, isn't it, like one big, like it's all manufactured under one roof. Like Estee Lauder runs and owns a lot of the brands. So it really is just like cookie cutter. It's the, you know, it's all coming out under. But L'Oreal L'Oreal owns five bazillion brands. LVMH owns five bazillion brands. They don't do that. Right. You don't see the same products through all the LVMH brands. Right. You don't see the no. same products through all the L'Oreal brands. I One more question before we get off, because um, you just talked about that part of the brand thing. When you work with brands, is it ever a conflict of interest for the other, like, because you've worked with RCMA or, you know, like, how do how do they? I can wallpaper I could wallpaper this room with the NDAs that I signed. Got it. Got okay. It. I do not even go into the first meeting until they have sent me their NDA or I've sent them mine. By the way, if you guys don't know what an NDA is, that's a non-disclosure agreement. You can't talk about anything that you're working on with anyone else. And the thing is, I demand that because it's my protection, not theirs. If anything gets out about something that they're doing, I need to have the papers say, hey, I signed the NDA. I'm covering my ass. Yeah. You can't blame me. I don't want to get sued. It's like, well, you know, he might have said something. He's like, no, I didn't. Have you ever been sued by anyone that got mad at you? I had one client who talked to friends that they weren't supposed to, and they didn't realize the friends knew other people in the industry, and they, at some party, discussed this brand's business. (gasps) And what happened was it got back to me from – the client saying, well, you know, they found, why do all these people know about blah, blah, blah? You did. It's like, no, 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 I signed an NDA. Well, we'll see about that. I'm talking to my lawyer. I said, go right ahead. I said, and let me warn you that if you make this public, that you're going after me, because it will damage my, my ability to book work. I said, I will sue you for defamation. I said, so make a choice. Oh my God. I love you, Kevin James Bennett. I must say- you don't mess. You can mess with anything. Do not mess with Mama's coins. Do not nope. touch my coins. That's a if true New Yorker. <laughs> that is a true New Yorker. I want to have you back because there's so much more I want to talk about. So I know your schedule is so tight. Is that possible for for us to get you back? Because I want. Well, I want to talk about a lot of products and get into what's in them. And I know the- I want to kick out about like the formulas and all of that stuff. So I got an idea. Do people, do people leave comments on these? We're, well, probably soon because we're going on to YouTube with it now. Why don't we just put this out there? Do you guys want me to come back on a regular basis and we do product focus? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, let, you, let that is just so exciting. I'm going to wet myself. Put it out there and ask how people feel about okay. it because some people, oh, might, wow. some people might not. Oh, my God. Kevin, and then you need to talk about honestly, what's going to be the new trend for makeup because I think you can create it and good stuff. Viv, 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 we Don't give anything away. I'm going to sign an NDA. I think I'll sign an NDA. Let's give our viewers, our listeners, like one piece of advice for their their – you know, if they're just getting into this industry, I always ask, give me advice for yeah. these people because they re- they need it from the people that have been through it. Mm, there's a whole lot of them, damn it. And I mentioned one of them before. It's like, don't Knowledge. be afraid to fuck up. 
Oh, Don't be afraid to make, make mistakes. The other thing is, and this is something I've noticed lately, people is like, you know, well, what happens when I reach my goal? It's like, you, you didn't set the bar high enough. Reaching your goal should not be easy at I all. You, you got to set the bar wow. real high. You got to go like, so when you actually do get there, it's like, wow. And the other thing I tell people all the time is like, if I show up to work and I'm working at 150%, it's a bad day. When I show up to work, I'm at 300. So if you're coming in at 100, you're not doing your job. So you're doing, you're doing the minimum. I'm working at 100%. It's like, you should be working at 150, 200, 300. I mean, it's like, that, that, not, again, not a long story. Just to let people know, when I was transitioning out of retail into full-time freelancing as a makeup artist, I was working as a resident makeup artist at Barney's on 61st Street. I was working as a resident makeup artist at Peter Coppola Salon on 65th Street. And I was going over to King World Studios every night to do talk shows, magazine shows. I was, and I was doing bridal on the weekends. I was working That's seven days a week. Though. There were days, there were days when I was triple booked. Yep. Like literally I would take my lunch hour and run from Barney's to the salon, do a makeup, then go back to Barney's. Then that night, go to the TV studio. Then over the weekend, do two or three weddings. So it's like, guys, if you want to be successful, Yes, you do have to bust your butt. And in, and and yeah. no job is too small or too big. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna respectfully disagree okay. with that. Ah! Tell people, no, because there are people in our industry that are at a certain level that literally tell people it's like, don't say no, don't say no. It's like, no, you do say no. Because if the compensation for the job what is happened? not gonna get you to the next place, don't waste your time. That's the most important thing. They're like, well, they're very fake it till you make it. It's like, no, that's bullshit. Do not fake it till you make it. That's the other thing. When you get out of school, when you get out of training, when you start being a paid makeup artist, you need to assist. Because people that get out of college do not go straight to the corner office. No, they don't. Okay? So the thing is, you've got to assist. You've got to look at how things happen. Yeah. You've got to work your way in. You've got to apprentice. It's important. Have respect and the for thing the, is, the medium. Have respect for the medium. Well, even let's say let's say somebody asks you to do um, a photo shoot. What is it? TPF. A TFP. Trade for print. Trade for print. Um, nobody on the shoot should be paid. Number one, nobody should be getting paid, including the photographer should not be allowed to sell the images for stock unless everybody's getting a cut. And the other thing is, if you're working with a photographer that is shooting images that you already have in your book and you like, don't do it. Why are you wasting your time? You're working, you're not, you're not getting, and the reason I say that is it's like, it's not like you're wasting your time. It's like, you're not getting compensation for the work. Yes. Your compensation for the work is images to put in your book. If you have those images already in your book, don't you don't do need it. more of those images. You need more of those images. So you need to find that photographer and that team to work with. I'm not saying don't do things comp, but the thing is when you're doing a comp, there's got to be some kind of compensation. Yeah. For your time, that actually moves you yeah, forward. Yeah, that's that really, really true. You know, 
because you're actually giving something, you're giving your talent and there has to be some kind of payment. And if it's not monetary, it has to be compensation in some way that is going to move your career forward. Otherwise you're wasting your time and you're spinning your wheels. Yeah. We want to thank you all again for tuning in. Please be a part of this amazing community of makeup artists and hairstylists. Please give us a follow on Instagram. It's whatsyoureta.podcast. Also, you can follow me at Megan Hester, M-E-A-G-A-N-H-E-S-T-E-R, makeup, M-A-K-E-U-P, on Instagram. Make sure you follow. Viv, where can we follow you? You can find me at Viv Summers, V-I-V-S-O-M-E-R-S. And if you have an episode idea, guys, or a person that you would love to hear us interview, please reach out because we want to hear from you. Yes, we really, really do. And I just want to thank you all again for tuning in with us each week. We really love the atmosphere that we're creating, and we can only do that with you guys. Talk to you next week.